0: Welcome to Equipers Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jordan Smith. For more information, check out equiperschurch.com. I was literally listening to that on the way to church this morning. Yeah, yeah, on Spotify you can find the old scripture song albums and their appalling recording quality, but it was uh, powerful, powerful songs from my childhood. And uh, yeah, so nice to hear that. In church, but um man, there's something. It's really, I think it's really easy to underestimate things. Really, really easy to underestimate how good things are, right? um it, 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 It's not till you run out of milk that you realize how good it was to have milk in the fridge, right? Like you go to the fridge, you open the fridge, you get the milk out, you pour it in your wet and you don't even think, wow, how amazing there was milk in the fridge. You don't ever th- ever have you ever thought, wow, it's amazing there's milk in the fridge. That's really unusual thought. A really much more common thought is, where's the milk? Why isn't there no milk in the fridge, right? And so often we live our whole life um, just turning up at church and oh, well, we're, we're singing songs and right. But actually, there's something so amazing about gathering together as the people of God about singing three or four songs. Why do we do three or four songs, sometimes five, when we're feeling crazy, right? Why? Well, it takes about that long. That's about 20 minutes. It takes about 20 minutes to forget what's happened in the day and just concentrate and allow... allow. People talk about how oh, the Holy Spirit was really present in this meeting or that meeting. And I it's, it's like, sort, sort of, eh? Sort of, but it's much more, uh, maybe a more... I was going to say correct, but maybe another way to talk about it would be, wow, in that meeting, I became much more aware of God's presence than I ever have been before, right? And so it's not so much that God suddenly was bigger that day, right? Because, you know, one of the things about God is He doesn't change, but one of the things about us is that... We change, right? And and we we're thinking one thing one day and another thing the next, but God's actually always there, always available. And do you know I think I think there, there's not many habits in life that you need to put in place to be successful. Spend less money than you earn. Right. Doesn't matter how much less, right? Even if it's a dollar a week less, you'll be fine. As long as you're spending less than you earn, you'll be fine financially. Yeah? Right? Uh, eat well, yeah, get some sleep each night for most of the night. For most of the time it's dark, you should be asleep, right? That's probably the the rule of thumb. Do a little bit of exercise, yeah, stretch your legs, get some fresh air. So there's not many rules that make you be successful, but I reckon one of them is, is be part of a local faith community. Be part of a church group, right? Be, and be – how – when sometimes you think well how connected do you how committed do you have to be at church for it to work so i tell you how committed you have to be for it to work you have to be committed enough so that people notice when you're not there right that's how committed you need to be if you just if you don't turn up enough for people to get to know you and if you're not sort of I was talking to my son recently because he's just shifted to a new city for study. And I said, for the first month, you have to pretend to be someone who's really confident and push into conversations. Just rudely push into conversations until you get to know people. Then you can settle back in to who you are and how you like to operate. But you sort of have to start with leaning in a little bit, don't you? Maybe there's some people who've been here a long time and you need to get back to pushing into conversations a bit because you've got a bit comfortable uh, and get connected in a way so that people know when you're not here. You know, um, when uh, my siblings and I used to still live in the same city, my mum used to make us all go around to their house for dinner one night a week. And we used to all go because that's cheaper to eat there. Uh, and the food was better, right? The food was better. And uh, and so we'd go. Um, but no one, mum mum never sort of checked up. Like she never did like a roll call. Who's here and who's not. No one ever had to be there. But if someone wasn't there, then we would notice right? Because we're connected. And church is is an extended family. It's not the same as your family. It's an extended family. Uh, And we should notice when we're not here. People should notice when we're not here and we should feel connected. So hopefully you can find a way to feel connected uh, in church. Amen? Very cool. I think I've got some PowerPoint, which is cool. Um, I've got a photograph here of my family. For those of you who haven't met me before, I'm from Wellington and this is my family. Uh, Almost all of them, my daughter was away, but someone photoshopped her in uh there she is there at the back and that's not to scale though that's not to scale she's actually very very short uh yeah so my wife Chrissy there in the middle she is five foot two she's not five foot two but that's the lowest number anyone will say right so she yeah 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 and then my daughter is five foot two as well but she's shorter than her mum. All right, uh so anyway the, the, my two daughters uh Lucia Lucia's the little one and Maddie's our oldest daughter and then Austin on the left and Elliot on the right and that's us and uh, we've got a scripture that we want to read. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. I've got it here on my phone. Um and it's Luke chapter fifteen. Um and uh normally, if you've ever heard me speak before, normally I like to keep it organized. Enough, not too organised. The main thing is I don't want to be bored by my own sermon, right? So that's my main thing. If I'm not bored, well, I'm happy. If you're bored, I can't do anything about that. But as long as I'm not bored, it's all right. Um, and I like to try and keep it practical. things. I, I I really like things to be practical and helpful. Like at the worst the worst case scenario for me is that someone leaves church and they say, they say, "Oh, it was a bit boring." Oh, I was like, "No, oh, it doesn't." How can you make God boring? That was a good effort, you know. Uh, it was a bit boring. That would be that would be terrible. Or Or it was like, well, it's a bit irrelevant, right? When we're talking, we're gathering together to worship and we're gathering together to to engage with the source of all things, right? So it's pretty relevant, right? So sometimes we work hard to make it boring and we work hard to make it irrelevant, but the truth is it shouldn't be boring or irrelevant, right? Um, But today, um, I really feel like, um, and this is not my normal style, I really feel like God wants to communicate His heart, to people tonight. tonight. He wants to communicate his heart, right? Because I I think that we're in a really unique window in history. I think that it's been pretty interesting. Um, Historically, things have been really interesting. I think historically, things are always interesting, but there's been huge amounts of disruption in the world uh, for probably since, I would say, from the mid-2000s as the information transformations really started to hit, uh, in terms of changing how schools work, changing how we entertainment works, all that sort of stuff. It's a very disruptive piece of history, right? It's actually more disruptive than lots of other parts of history. So those of you who grew up, you know, those of you who were born in around 2000, who, any people born around 2000 or, or later? Yeah, quite a few of you. The world I grew up in was easier to grow up in than the world you grew up in, right? It's a different sort of space. Now, the world I grew up in was still really hard, but... Not as hard, right? Because th- the life was just very, very slow in comparison to how information and things work. So it's really disrupted world that we live in. And I just want to make you a promise. 2024 is going to make the rest, the previous years look really tame, right? It's going to be a special, special time. Really disrupted. Really upside down. Right? I just want to guarantee that to you. 2024 onwards is going to be a really disruptive, really d- difficult time. And I'm, I'm not saying that out of nowhere. I, like, I've, got, I've got a whole bunch of reasons why. I'm not telling you the reasons why I'm just going to make you a promise. Right? And at the end of 2024, you can message me and say, well, it was a boring, easy year. I don't know what you're talking about. And I'll be like, I'll be thankful. You can be thankful. It'll be great. Right? But to be forewarned is to be forearmed Right, which I don't know what that means. Everyone's got forearms. I don't know what they're talking about. But I think what it means is if you're forewarned, you can be ready, right? So, Rob, jump up here. Jump up here, Rob. Rob. There you go. Rob's a fine physical specimen, isn't he? Look at him. He's big. He's strong. He's powerful. But if he doesn't know I'm about to push him, hey, I can knock him off balance. But is it gonna, am I going to be able to do it another time? No, right? Yeah, grab a tear. Grab a tear, right? So here's the deal. We're not, I'm not making a prophecy, and I'm not being a futurist, right? It's not my game. Neither of those are my game. My game is to just tell people, hey, there's a lot of CARAP coming, right? It's all coming, right? And 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 if we think we're just going to cruise through whatever we're doing, we're gonna we're gonna get knocked off balance, which is not the end of the world, eh? But we'll get knocked off balance if we're not ready. Is that all right? Yeah, okay, you're looking concerned. Okay, let's read the the Bible so that people can feel less concerned, okay? Okie dokie. So, uh, Jesus said, uh, A man had two sons. Uh, The younger of them said to his father, He said, Father, give me the share of the estate that will belong to me. And so the father divided his assets between them. After a few days, the younger son gathered together all that he had, And he left on a journey to a distant country. There he squandered his wealth with a wild lifestyle. After he had spent everything, a severe famine took place in that country and he began to be in need. When he went and worked, so sorry, so he went and worked for one of the citizens of that country uh, who sent him into the field to feed some pigs. He was longing to eat the carob pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. So he wanted to eat the pig's food, but he wasn't even allowed to eat the pig's food. When he came to his senses, he said to himself, how many of my father's hired workers have got food enough to spare? But here I am dying from hunger. I'll get up and I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off from his home, his father saw him and his heart went out to him. He ran and hugged his son, kissed him. And then his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, hurry, bring the best robe, put it on him put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's eat and let's celebrate because the son of mine was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he was found. And so they began to celebrate, right? pretty cool story, right? Who's heard the story before? Quick show, a quick show of hands if you've heard this story before. It's usually called the, the story of the prodigal son or the lost son. And it's part of a triptych, three stories together. And it's Jesus explaining why. It's actually Jesus' way of explaining his own behavior. So Jesus was hanging out with all sorts of people who didn't really deserve his, his presence. So a whole bunch of people who weren't really the right sort of people to be talking to a famous rabbi. You know, they were people whose behavior and their lifestyle and maybe even their social status, like their wealth or wherever they fit in the, in the sort of the cool, uncool sort of spectrum. They were the wrong sort of people for Jesus, who was at the time was, a, was a, a, a relatively major celebrity, right? Massive crowds following him, and he could choose who he hung out with, and he hung out with people who were sort of needy, uh, unclean from a religious perspective, they didn't fit in, they hadn't done all the things they needed to do so they could be in the, you know, be able to worship, they were sort of distant from uh, from God, and they're, they're probably even people, the Bible talks about it, they said tax collectors, so they were sort of political outcasts, and sinners, so there were people who were just behaving badly in a way that dishonored God, and Jesus would still spend time with them, and He would interact with them. And the, the religious people of the day were like, who, what are you doing spending all this time with these people who don't matter? Spending all this time with these people who are far away from God. Spending all this time with people who are unclean. And Jesus told these three stories. He told the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and then this story of the lost son. And it's Jesus really revealing to us how God works and who God is and how He operates in the world. And the the first thing we've got to realize, I think, about God is that God is really big. So I've written some points down. Uh, God is big. (laughs) Um, True? This is like Sunday school, right? We learned this one in Sunday school. My God is so Yeah, 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 brilliant. It's all the little incidentals that make church songs great, eh? That's true, right? And actions, not enough action songs nowadays, by the way, everyone. I'm just putting that out there. We need to get some actions going again. Uh, How am I supposed to remember the words if there aren't actions as well? Uh, Anyhow, my God is really big. Now, God's really big. That's sort of what the word God means, right? Some people say, I don't believe in God. It's like... If, you, if, you're, if what you're saying is I don't believe there's someone who looks like Gandalf sitting in some invisible space, making up rules and shouting, well, no one believes that. No one ever believed that there was an invisible old man in the sky. No one's ever believed that, right? Most of what people say uh, in, in criticism of people who believe in God is, is just sort of caricaturized stupid ideas about God. Well, do you know what? I don't believe either. I don't believe the stupid ideas about God either. But I do believe that all the things that exist, exist. Like, I really believe that. I actually believe that the, the universe and the world exists as we can see it. And I find it really hard to believe that they just happen to exist. But the other thing that's really interesting to know, like, here's some facts, right? So here's a diagram Here's a diagram of some galaxies. Right? Just under the topic of God is big. So, this one, this one's the Milky Way. There, and then there's all the other ones. Right? It does make you wonder well, how many galaxies are there? So, save you Googling on your phone. Here's a photograph of my phone after I Googled it. How many galaxies are there, right? There are 200 billion galaxies. A fun thing you could do later on today, and maybe video yourself doing this and upload it to the internet, is count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Just count. Just count, video yourself and just count. Maybe set a stopwatch. Maybe count for a couple of hours. And just see how close to $200 billion you get. Because you'll be surprised how long it takes to get there. What's the population of Dunedin? Like 120,000, 140,000? Yeah, as of this week, back up to 140,000. Right. <laughs> right? Maybe tonight, maybe, see if count can count to, to 140,000. Do you reckon you could do that in a couple of hours? You know you can't, right? So we can say a number like that, 200 billion galaxies, and you can think, well, whoosh, well, one of those is the Milky Way. But how big is each galaxy? And I Googled that for you as well. How many stars in a galaxy around about if you average it out about a hundred million stars in each of the 200 billion galaxies. So in terms of the st- a star so a relatively small star is this one we call the Sun. right So h- Nick tomorrow have a look at the Sun just look at the Sun. get a feel for how big it is. Right, and then just remind yourself that's one of about a hundred million. In fact, there's actually probably more than hundred million stars in the Milky Way. Right, I've th- I've seen numbers up to four hundred million stars in the Milky Way, but on average, hundred million stars per mil- per galaxy. Hundred million times two hundred billion. Right, that's the si- currently our understanding of the size of the physical universe. Right. So when we say God is big, we've got the Sunday school song, my God is so big, right? Which is, which is true, right? That Sunday school song will never stop being true. Everything you learned in Sunday school will never stop being true, but you've just got to remember that was the Sunday school level of understanding, right? It was. It would be inappropriate for the Sunday school teachers to try and get five-year-olds to understand the nature of these numbers. Do you know why that would be inappropriate? Because we've got no idea what these numbers mean, Right? But for a five-year-old, you know what you need to know when you're five? You need to know this song and these actions. My God, is so big. So when you're faced with the big challenges of five and a six-year-old, things like tying your shoelaces, et cetera, right, which I know is still a challenge for some of us, but I'm not judging you, right? But when those big challenges come, you don't need to know a theoretical thing about the stars. You need to know a song, right? That's in your head, that's in your heart, right? Now, one of the challenges we have in our Christian journey is sometimes our Sunday school understandings aren't detailed enough for the challenges we're facing. So when the bank's about to foreclose on your mortgage and you're sitting in the office of the bank manager, you need something more than, my God, it's so big, right? Because things haven't worked out. When when you've got got an issue and, and your girlfriend breaks up with you, Suddenly, you're like, man, is God even real? And if all you've got is, my God is so big, so strong, yeah, to be honest, it will still help if you sing it. <laughs> right? It will still help if you sing it. But actually, as we go through life, the challenges get more detailed. And we need to deepen our understanding. Now, some of us have known the story of the prodigal son for, since Sunday school. But we've got to recognize, think about this story. This guy, this father, he's so immense that he can give half of everything he owns to his son and not really notice. God's so big. He's so massive that he can give half of everything and still carry on. Could you do that? Could you give away half of all your assets, still just carry on? Could a business do that, give halfway half the assets, halfway the cash? I know that the church can't do that. If we give away half the assets, we have to sell half the building to pay you, right? But God can just give and give and give and give. God's so big that we can be free, right? Oh, that was from that what slide was from this morning. <laughs> so God's really, really big. And point number two is this: is that you are free. Right, you're free. I love the story of the prodigal son. One of the son comes to the father and says, "Hey, give me everything. I, this, this, I'm give me everything I I'm owed, and I'm just going to do, do my thing." Uh, can I just tell you this really, really clearly? You're free to do that. <laughs> You're free to take all your talents, all the breath that God gives you, all the life and energy God gives you. You're free to take it and go and do your own thing without any reference to Him whatsoever. You're absolutely free to do it. The challenge with being that free is that free can turn into cheap real quick. Right? So God gives us freedom, and what we tend to do with that freedom is turn it into cheapness. And we forget the value of what God's given us, right? Just like this story of the prodigal son, as the son goes away, he's got all this wealth and it it just runs through his fingers. And what what I've seen in my own life, among my friends as we've grown up and become become actual adults, families and all that sort of stuff, is that people who live their life outside of relationship with the source of life, things get cheap real quick. Right, And you can tend to run out. So this is point number 2.5, is that you sort of run out. Now, one of the greatest things that's happened in the last few years is the improvement of battery technology when it comes to power tools, right? And telephones, right? Isn't it true, right? Back in the day, right, how long did your smartphone used to last? Sort of about six sort of two or three <laughs> two or three hours plug it back in right but when you're working with power tools and you're drilling away you've got your battery drill right remember that last time you're out with the battery drill drilling away yeah you just have to imagine if you can't remember the last time right All right so you're drilling away you're drilling away you're drilling away and it's super free isn't it you can be up the ladder, you can be. You don't need to be plugged into the wall socket, you can go and do whatever you want with that battery drill, right? Just for as long as you want, right? Just forever and ever, eh? No, because eventually it will run out. And what I've noticed in life is that I always run out at the wrong time. Have you ever run out of petrol and then you thought, well, this actually, this was the perfect time to run out of petrol. This has actually, actually worked out brilliantly. Generally speaking, you run out of petrol or your tank gets low when you don't have time to go to the petrol station or when you're running late for something or you want on the way to catch a plane, right? Some people are looking at someone. Is there like a... There's a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you run out of petrol every week, the, the, you have different issues, right? Uh, I, did, I used to put petrol in my car $5 at a time, so I used to run out of petrol most weeks, right? But the reality is in life is that we, we do run out, like we've got we actually have this massive battery of life this battery of energy this 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 uh, really like a we have, humans are really powerful right but we still run out in i've got this diagram <laughs> this is one this is a diagram i drew myself on powerpoint <laughs> i don't sorry not i don't mean to intimidate you with my artistic skill set <laughs> um one of the things we teach in Workplaces, Because one of the increasing challenges in lots of workplaces is a grow, there's growing impact from what's called burnout. So uh, there's a study from the U.S. that uh, across the U.S. when people self-report in the studies, they self-report at 50%. So 50% of people self-report symptoms of burnout. But when you turn the survey around, instead of asking people about their own symptoms of burnout... If you ask people to report about others on their team, the number goes up, right? So (laughs) when people are self-reporting, it's like 50% when they're reporting about where is their team that they're part of, where is everyone else at? So it's reporting things like when when you start to run out of emotional energy, that means you lose uh, tolerance, patience, patience. Those sorts of things, you lose flexibility in your thinking, your problem-solving ability. So it's a real problem in the medical space because they need to be tolerant, patient, and solve problems. So when there's burnout happening and people are emotionally drained. So what it means, burnout, it means that tank gets really, really low. Um, So when people are self-reporting those symptoms, 50%, when they're reporting on, hey, everyone else is, yeah, there's a drop in patience or tolerance or people's flexibility of thinking is disappearing, it's at 75%. For health workers in the U.S., right? So, because of that, this little diagram is one that we teach all the time, right? So, um, your energy levels are a bit like your bank account, right? So we've no one's got unlimited money, eh? I'm just looking around. You don't, right? Okay, I knew that was a joke. I'm always wa- I'm wanting to meet the people who have unlimited money because I will be your friend. Um, but so far, everyone I've met has a limited amount of money, right? You have a limited amount of money. So when you're managing your money, this is a free financial seminar as well, right? But I just want to, I need to give the disclaimer, oh, this is not financial advice, right? But anyway, but it is pretty good financial advice. Um, <laughs> when you're managing your money, you need to know how much is coming in, Right? that's usually pretty easy to figure out because it's not much, right? But there's money coming in, right? The next thing you need to know is how much money is going out? And can I just make a promise for you? It's the automatic payments that will kill you, right? How much money is going out, right? You're at the dairy. You're trying to buy a pie. It declines. It will be because of your Netflix subscription, (laughs) right? You're like, I had money in there this morning. Yes, you did. But the people at Netflix have decided they'll take it off you now. Knowing how much is coming in is easy, right? Knowing how much money is going out is actually a bit tricky. You do need to keep an eye on it because there's more than one money out thing, right? The tricky part about money is also you have to know how much is in there, right? Now, your emotions and your internal energies, your spiritual energies work in a very similar fashion. Certain things fill up the tank, You with me? And certain things empty the tank out, right? And the sort of things that fill up your tank are different than the sort of things that fill up my tank. The sort of things that empty your tank are different than the things that empty my tank. Knowing what fills up the tank makes you feel good, that energizes you. That's actually, you can usually, it's pretty easy to identify what those things are. So for me, going for a mountain bike ride, um, uh, hanging out with friends, drinking, uh, uh, drinking, hanging out with friends, eating a barbecue, drinking fizzy drinks of all kinds, right? That's actually something that fills my tank, right? That I feel energized doing that, right? Now, but things that drain your tank, are, uh, there's a bunch of things that might drain your tank, like difficult—some uh, people just find people's stuff real draining, Right? Really, really draining. Some people find awkward awkward situations really draining, right? Or lots of uncertainty is really draining. Lots of things to worry about is really draining, and it, it uses up lots of energy. So a lot of what we've been dealing with across the last few years with, with the COVID thing and then looking into things like Cyclone rebuilds and all that sort of stuff is not just what happened, but all of our un- uncertainty around it. Okay, are you with me? So knowing how much is in there is important. Knowing how is going out is important. And then... And, and, and balancing that out and managing that's really important. Because have a think about what what fills your tank. Have a think about it. So for me, going getting out in the fresh air, having some friends over to my house, that fills my tank. But it also uses up some energy. Right? So there's this place you can get to where you don't have the energy you need to do the things that will give you more energy, right? This is what the, so this is what we teach people in hospitals about burnout. You've you've got to be really careful of getting to that place because that's like being in overdraft at the bank, or it's actually more like owing money to the mob, <laughs> right? Where you can't you you can't make your you have to borrow money to make the payments on the debt you have. Right? That's when you're in a real financial problem. And we can get into an emotional state like that. And I want to just point out to you really clearly, there's really strong evidence you can get into a spiritual state like that. Where you, you, you've you run out of the juice of life. Right? Now, w- what is the juice of life? Well, I would suggest to you it's the presence of God in, your, in you. So when God creates mankind, if you remember Genesis chapter 1, while we're talking about Sunday school stories, What does God do? God fashions the man out of the dirt. Right? The world's first sandcastle. God fashions man out of the dirt, and then he breathes life into the dirt. And so the way the ancient people who wrote those stories, the way they've understood human existence is that we're made out of the same stuff as animals. Because God brings the, and makes the animals out of the dirt as well. They come up out of the dry land, and then He makes, fashions man, and then He breathes life. So we're made of the same stuff, but we're indwelt by a bigger spirit, right? And that's the bit that has kept philosophers and people busy forever, is what is this thing that makes us conscious at such a higher level? self-conscious and self-aware. That's the sense of God's presence within us, the sense of His, li- of His life within us, our, His life enlivening our bodies, giving us, making us a living soul, right? And the point I made was this, is that you will run out. We can't live our life filled with energy and power if we're disconnected from the source of life. And when we're disconnected from the source of life, it feels like everything's going fine, doesn't it? Like you don't have to you don't have to drive along, and you shouldn't drive along with the petrol thing in the right because there's a tank. You fill up the tank, and then you can drive along, right? A lot of our own energy and effort in life is much like that. We 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 come we're filled with the spirit of God, and then we move through a life of purpose, but we run out, right? And you can see that in the story of the lost son. He runs out at just the wrong moment, right? He runs out and then there's a famine in the land. So he runs out at the same time as everyone else is running out. I think the challenge we've got in the world, the challenge we have in life is that when we run out, everyone else is running out at the same time and that we can look at all the problems in the world but we've got nothing to offer. Whereas the opportunity we've got is that can we live a life that's filled with God? So that we have the energy that we need, but also we've got something that we can give to others, something that we can pour out for others, right? So the son runs out at the famine and then he has this understanding and he says to himself, Well, in my where my father is, even the slaves are eating better than the pigs here. And I'm not even able to eat as well as the pigs. so there's an interest, it's an interesting little picture there of probably i think the oh sorry the picture is of the man le- the son leaves the father's house, travels to a far place, and then there's this descent to the point where he's envious of the pig's food, right? And I think it's definitely worth recognizing that we can live our life in such a way as that we descend. That we're actually living at the level, at an animal level rather than at a spiritual level, right? Because we're made of the same stuff as animals and it's it's God's spirit within us that elevates us. You, you don't need to read much history to see what happens to societies that disconnect from the Spirit of God at, at, at every level. When there's a total disconnection, there's a total breakdown in those societies. And we, 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 that can happen at our individual level, and it can happen at a community level as well. But we need to remember that God is gracious, right? Um, what does the, In the story of the lost son, the son's returning home, and the father sees him coming and runs to him and embraces him. Once the son recognizes how I need to return, the father reaches, runs and reaches out and embraces him. And I was, I've had this scripture going around in my head for um, a few days, uh, probably uh, uh, since the cyclone sort of thing. And it's, this is these are the words of Jesus as he's looking at Jerusalem, I think not too many days before his own crucifixion. And he's looking at the city and he's... He's sort of, it's a lament, it's part of a much bigger prayer, but he says this, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone to death those who are sent to you. So it's like pretty, quite serious, eh? So it's God looking out over the city and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you've just, you've, you've, the word of God's come to you and you've killed it. Right, and I I think of that story of the lost son, and I think of this. And I think, there's the lost son, and he's feeding the pigs, and he has this realization, I could return home. Ever had those thoughts? Oh, maybe I should, maybe I really should pray about this. Or maybe I need to shift my behavior. Maybe I need to change my friend group. And then you kill it. Right, that thought comes, oh, I can reach out to God, but then you're like, oh, no, I can't right? That's this, I think that's this thing, The God's word comes to Jerusalem, and then Jerusalem kills the prophets, and then this is what Jesus said, I keep reaching out to you, and you keep killing the prophets, and then he says, I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers and chicks under wings, but you wouldn't let me do it. I just love, I just love this picture. If God was like a human, it wouldn't read like that, eh? It would say, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you killed the prophets, now I will crush you. But God's heart is, here's Jerusalem, the city that keeps turning its back on God. Or if you think about that son who's turned his back on the father, and then his heart is to return. The father's heart is to run and gather. Jesus' heart is to gather Jerusalem together, protecting it, nurturing it. And he says, look, your house is desolate, for I tell you, you you'll not see me again to hear, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Sometimes we get confused about God because we think God can never forgive me for where I'm at. Or I've wasted my opportunities. Or I've, I'm too far away. Or I've turned my back. Um, or probably more difficult is they are too far away from God and they have turned their back and God can't forgive them. Sometimes those thoughts go through our minds. You don't need to nod. I know that's how our brains work. Right? But the truth of what Jesus is saying in this story is that God's heart is for us. God's so big, and He's so gracious. Right, He's so big, and He's so gracious that as soon as we turn to Him, He reaches out to us. Don't you reckon that's amazing? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you've killed the prophets, and I wish I could gather you in my arms. Okay, I've got one more point and one more Scripture to read, and then we'll pray. Is that all right? Okie dokie. So. So God is gracious. And then point number three point five, he, he's more gracious than you think. Right? Maybe I can read this to you. It's a psalm. And maybe maybe you could close your eyes and just reflect on these words, right? Praise the Lord, O my soul. With all that's within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. Don't forget all his kindness. He's the one who forgives all my sins. He heals all our diseases. He delivers us from the pit. He crowns us with His loyal love and His compassion. He satisfies our life with good things so that our youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord does what is fair. He executes justice for all of the oppressed. The Lord revealed His faithful acts to Moses, His deeds to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and He is merciful. He is patient and demonstrates great love. He does not accuse. He does not stay angry. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us as our mind misdeeds deserve. For as the skies are high above the earth, so His loyal love towers over His faithful followers. As far as the eastern horizon is from the west, so he removes the guilt of our rebellious actions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on his faithful followers, for he knows what we are made of. He realizes that we're made of clay. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your presence that's here. And Lord, as we've worshiped and... Looked into your word. Lord, we thank you for, just as the psalmist says, for your loyal love, Lord, that is extended to us. Lord, I just pray for everyone here this evening. And I just thank you that wherever we are at, we can return to you. However we've been thinking, Lord, we can return to you. However we've been behaving, Lord, we can return to you. However empty we feel, you can fill us again, because you know what we're made of. You know what we're like, and you extend great kindness towards us. Perhaps you're here tonight, and I I do want to give people an opportunity to respond. Perhaps you're here tonight, and you actually know what it feels like to feel far away from God, Maybe you've never made a decision to acknowledge Jesus, but the real central message of who Jesus is is that Jesus makes the way. So Jesus is God Himself coming in human form so that we don't have to be disconnected from God, disconnected from His love, but we can experience the forgiveness of God because of what Jesus did. Uh, maybe you're here and maybe you've never had the opportunity to connect with God because of acknowledging Jesus' love. We want to pray in a minute and give everyone a chance to make that decision. But maybe just just in your journey following Jesus, maybe you know what it's like to be just distant. Or maybe distant might not be the right word. Maybe empty is the right word. And sometimes it feels like repentance is a big idea, which it is. But it's not a heavy idea. Repentance is plugging the battery in to charge up. You know, builders don't break down and cry; they just plug the battery in. As Christians, when we start to feel empty, it's, it's not so much that we should should feel sorry for our sins, although that's a big part of repentance. But part of it is we need to recognize, hey, we we actually can't do this life on our own. And we need to reconnect with the source of all things. Does that that sort of make sense? So maybe let's pray. And why don't you stand to your feet? Because I think standing up and praying is a good thing to do. You've been sitting down for half an hour. so Why don't we stand up and pray? Maybe open your hands. Can lift your hands or just even just definitely open your heart but if you want to sometimes it helps to open your hands as well. Lord I just pray for everyone in the room Lord we thank you for your bigness your greatness even Lord the fact that you're the source of all things the source of all life and Lord I pray tonight that just as I've been talking Lord I pray that and I know that you've been communicating your heart that you've been connecting with your people Communicating your love for them. For everyone who's feeling who's feeling those feelings of maybe emptiness or distance from you, Lord, help them return, help them lift their eyes, help them travel back to you. It's just standing there, just even, I guess imagine is the right word, or sense God's presence, filling you again, filling you, I guess, anew. We don't always have uh, beautiful keyboards, but you can lock yourself in a cubicle in the toilets at work, and you can just stand there like that and know God's presence. You can you can sit in a lecture while it's all going on, as long as you're perhaps recording it or something. Just block it out and just you can just close your eyes and. Know God's presence again. You definitely can in the classroom, eh, as a teacher? It can all be happening, eh? You can just allow God's presence again. Because God's not expecting things from you that you can't do. He knows He knows what you're made of, and He knows that you're made of dirt. <laughs> right? So maybe just for, for 30 seconds more, why not you just allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Even make, maybe pray a prayer like this, you know. Uh, I think Jesus taught us to pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread. Hey God, give me what I need for today. I'm returning to you, please give me what I need for today. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at this Church Denison. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipperschurch.com.